0: quite, okay, so let's pray. Father, I need your help this morning. I need you to help me in my weaknesses. In you, I'm made strong. I need you to be with me and guide me as I speak to folks today, dear God, and I pray that you would just use me to speak, Lord, and I thank you for that. And I thank you for the honor it is to do it. The harder than I thought it was going to be. I lost my daughter six months ago, for those of you that don't know, and that's my first time speaking. So bear with me this morning. Well, this morning I get to talk to you about my job description basically and that's worship and uh, I have basically been out here for the last six months doing something I've been uncomfortable doing I'll tell you that but God is blessed I've been leading worship since 1997. This has been the hardest year I think I've ever had to do worship this last year. And, uh, but I'm pushing through, and a lot of times I'm just doing it in the spirit. So, but God has been good, and he's been faithful. Back in 1997, I was a, uh, I had given my life to the Lord in 1996, and there was such a radical change in my life. The pastor of the church uh, that I grew up in, he uh, put me leading worship in 1997. And uh, while that was a crazy year, that church had 500 salvations in 13 weeks. Powerful presence of the Lord in that church. Changed my life, and I'll tell you right back then, I would spend so much time nights a week just up at that church alone by myself just worshiping the lord Just getting lost in the presence of the lord. I love I so loved doing it. It was just Awesome. I'd keep the lights off in the sanctuary. The sanctuary is probably two or three times the size of this one And I'd keep the lights off in the sanctuary And I'd have just a couple lights on the stage and I'd just sit there at the grand piano and just worship the lord by myself And man, there was just nothing like the feeling of doing that and worshiping him And I remember just a couple of funny things that happened to me while I was doing that late at night. I went out there at about, uh, it was probably 10.30 at night one night. I was sitting at the piano, had my eyes closed and just worshiping the Lord. And uh, I kept seeing something going in front of my eyes. And the lights were off in the whole church except for just a couple right there in front, up front of me on the piano. And I I finally opened my eyes up and started looking around. And after about a minute or so, I seen something coming at me from the back of the sanctuary. And it was this little shadow, and all of a sudden it flew right by my head, and it was a bat. And I'm in the church all by myself, and I tell you, that freaked me out. (laughs) I assume he was flying towards the light and flying towards, uh, uh, trying like outside, going for bugs up by the light. But he flew really close to me, and I nonetheless worship stopped, and I got out of that church fast. (laughs) Uh, I had another funny thing happen to me. It was probably 1030 at 11 o'clock at night. I was walking the aisles of the church, dark again, except for a light up on the stage. I'm walking the aisles of the church just praying, and uh, I'm just lost in the Lord, just praying, and all of a sudden I hear this voice go, what are you doing in here? And, you know, at first off, well, God's talking to me because the church is locked. So <laughs> I looked around, and there was a cop in there. And uh, I always locked the door behind me on the side of the church, but he was doing rounds and ro- drove up to the front of the church, and somebody had left the front door unlocked. And uh, he walked in and walked on me. And I'll tell you, I think he was more scared than I was, actually, because he didn't know what to do. Here it was dark, and this guy's walking around in the church. And... uh couple things that just weird happened to me at doing that. But I so loved doing that. Just getting lost, spending time in worship with the Lord. It was unlike, it was just a time, I loved doing it and I know God loved me doing it. It was a special time with him. So this morning I want to talk to you about what worship is. Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines worship as to honor or show reverence for a divine being or supernatural power. It's kind of a vague interpretation of worship but even though worship was intended for God it's kind of gotten polluted you know people use worship and they worship cows in other countries. there's people that worship statues like Buddha there's people that worship uh trees even in nature and really if you think about it every one of us in here battle daily with what to worship One of the Ten Commandments says, "In the Bible says, we are not to have any other gods before him. And we are in a constant fight in our lives of things that are vying for our time and to distract us from worshiping the Lord. If you think about it, our homes, our families, our jobs, our activities, we think we have to be entertained all the time now. Our devices, our phones... Sports, our hobbies, there are so many things that are vying for our attention and wanting to get us away from worshiping the Lord. The devil had a subtle way of putting that in where we're all thinking it's okay to do it. But God wants us to worship him and spend time with him. I look back, and this has been a while ago, but I look back in 1998. I was a huge Chicago Bulls fan. It was the champ, their sixth championship they were going for. Um, They were led by, in my opinion, the best basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan. And the Chicago Bulls, I didn't hear anybody say anything on that one. (laughs) Stinking Detroit fans. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. But they were playing the legendary, or they, Michael Jordan and the Bulls was playing Carl Malone and the Utah Jazz for the finals. Seven games, best of seven series. And uh, I was excited about watching this. And I don't know if we were fasting as a church at that time or the pastor was just challenging me to fast. But I felt in my spirit that I was just spending way much too much time watching sports and watching basketball. It consumed me. I loved watching it. So I decided that I was going to fast the NBA finals that year. The last time I would get to see Michael Jordan play uh, championship and I fasted it. Uh, It was considered to be the biggest uh, watched NBA series of all times. I don't know if that's changed since then, but at that time it was. It even beat out the World Series that year in ranking. And I fasted it. I'm telling you, it was hard. I was, uh, I'd was go to work and everybody was talking about what Michael Jordan did. Everybody was going on and on about it, and, uh, but I did it. And I'm going to tell you right now, that hold that I had of sports on me where I was watching it all the time, it broke. And today, I don't even watch sports, Harley. I'm watching a little bit now because of Nate. Uh, he likes sports, so I watch a game with him every once in a while, a little piece of it, but it doesn't have a hold on me anymore. God did a work in my life there and broke something quickly off my life there because I didn't want anything to come between me and him. And it's imperative that you and I are taking those opportunities daily to do a self-check on our life, to see if there's anything in our life that's getting in the way, keeping us from having a deeper relationship with God. Now, if I was to ask you guys today to close your eyes, I'm not going to do that, but if I was to ask you to close your eyes and to paint a picture of what worship is in this place, I think most of you would probably picture coming to church and singing. Um, but worship, and I, rightfully so, I am a worship pastor. This is a We have a worship team up here. It's a worship service. We're here to worship the Lord. But worship is so much more than that. Worship is what we do in our daily lives when we're out spending time doing stuff with families uh just thinking about the lord and saying lord that's beautiful lord look at that i thank you for my family i thank you for my home i thank you for my job just spending time with him and incorporating him in our day worship at church is just a byproduct of what we do during the week really it's really just the fruit of us building a relationship with him It's saying, God, you are my Savior, you are my creator, and I value you, and I am taking the time to show you that you mean more to me than anything in my life. It's taking him and making him a part of our day, letting him have a part in our life. And really, I've heard a lot of preachers say this, and it's good, and that's why they say it. Worship is is worth-ship. I think every preacher I've heard say, talk about worship mentions that. Our English word worship comes from an old word, worship. which And I'm a hillbilly trying to say worth so sorry. Uh, it doesn't come out right. But it means to proclaim and give worth to something you consider precious and supremely valuable. Let me repeat that again. Worth-ship means to give worship, proclaim and give worship to something you consider precious and supremely valuable it's re- it's really just declaring God's worth and value in our life what he means to us and really a person level uh, a person worships to the level of the revelation of what's happened in their life in my opinion worship is being in hot pursuit of my savior following after him hard, running after him hard. It's wanting to spend time with him, looking for ways to incorporate him into our lives, being thankful for whatever he's done for us until you get to the point where what it is inside of you starts bubbling over. Just spending time with the Lord and running after him. It's an awesome thing. Um, there's a story in the Bible that I want to read to you this morning. In Luke chapter 7 verse 36 through 48 Luke chapter 7 verse 36 through 48 it says when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him he went to the Pharisees house and reclined at the table a woman in the town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisees house so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume as she stood behind him at his feet weeping she began to wet his feet with her tears Then she wiped them with her hair. She kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. But Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of, them, which of them will love you more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she had poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I will tell you, her her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love was shown. Has shown, but whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, "Your sins are forgiven." Now I don't know about you guys, but this story kind of seems pretty awkward to me. this woman really could have had some questionable motives going on here, but she wasn't. She was legit about it. She was legitimately worshiping the Lord. It says here that she wet his feet because she was crying and worshiping the Lord. Then she took her feet and wiped his feet and wiped them with her hair. And then she proceeded to kiss his feet and put perfume on his feet. You know, I, today I think about the fact that we wear shoes, we wear socks, and the fact that it's, our feet may get sweaty, it may get a little stinky, but the fact is about it, those people were walking around in bare feet or sandals back then. And there was, their feet were constantly gross and dirty. Yet this lady was crying at his feet and using her hair to wipe it, and then she was kissing his feet. I mean, there is no doubt this woman was worshiping the Lord and spending some, uh, didn't care what anybody thought about it. I realize in public it can be embarrassing for us to worship uh, worship God, raising our hands if you're not comfortable doing it. It can be odd to do that. I mean, maybe singing a song that you're not comfortable if you're not a person that sings and you're trying to sing song during a worship service, it's kind of hard. Uh, people crying in the worship service or people down at the altar worshiping. It can be a hard thing to be out there and be vulnerable, be out there just doing it in front of people. And as much as the worship pastor here at the church would love to see you doing that, I realize that God is looking at your heart. He's looking at what you do during the week. He's looking at how you spend time with him, how you... How you, uh, how you worship him during your work, work week. He wants us to value him and realize the price that he paid for us to be here. This woman in the room, well, Jesus did not care what anybody thought of her. She was there to for an audience of one and to worship our Lord. What a powerful deal. She didn't care what people thought of her wiping her tears with her hair and kissing his feet she was there to worship the Lord and she had an encounter with him because of that and the Lord forgave her there's some scriptures I want to put up this morning that talk about pursuing after God Proverbs eight seventeen says I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently they find me Deuteronomy 429 says but from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. Jeremiah twenty-nine thirteen. Hard scripture for me. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Matthew seven, seven, and eight. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open. Psalm 910 says, And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. God wants us to seek after him. He wants us to let go of all those things in our life that are distracting us. All those things that are awkward that just the devil's using to pull us away from him and to get back to what the focus is, and that's worshiping the Lord. 2019 was a rough year for me, but I'm telling you 2020 is going to be a stinking awesome year here. Worship is just running after God. Just going after him with all you got. I'm going to give you a couple points here. I went back and forth on this. putting going to put quite a few points in here this morning of why we should worship God, but I narrowed it down to two. So I'll make it easy on you this morning. The first one is worship him because he's our creator. Revelation 4.11 says, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Psalm 95, 6 says, Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. He is our Maker, and He is our Creator. I am absolutely amazed by the birthing process. The whole nine months of a baby being born, I remember Allison watching her, Uh, At about six months or whatever time it was seeing a baby move in her womb was just the craziest thing Uh, And how somebody that can say God is not real and see that birthing process Take place it just baffles me and I'll leave it right there because It's just crazy that somebody would not think that that was real after seeing that I mean those little fingers those little toes I remember I remember just losing it during Nate's birth because you know we had two girls we had had two miscarriages also but we had two girls and then I really wanted a boy and that boy I remember when she had that baby and I seen that it was a boy I had my hands up in the air jumping and I had this giddy uncontrollable laugh that I just could not control I, after looking back at it, I it was stupid. It was just crazy. <laughs> but if you think about it, you were made by the Lord. Not one of us in this room are the same. We are all unique in our own ways. God took nine months. And developed you and created you into what he planned for you to be. You're unique. You're not like anybody in this room. You have giftings that are in you that nobody else has. Isn't that a reason to worship our Creator? We collectively come here together and worship the Lord. It's an awesome thing to think that God created all these people in here different from one another. None of us are the same. The, if we could just realize the depth of the time and the, the love and the work that he put into creating you and I, it's a phenomenal thing. I like, I, it makes me think of Mark 10.30 that says... And even the hairs of your head are numbered. And I realize mine are a lot easier than a lot of yours, but (laughs) He knows the hairs on our head. It's crazy. He is our Creator. And we need to worship Him because of it. The second point I want to make to you this morning is we worship Him because He is our Savior. John 3.16 is a scripture that we all know. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but they'll have eternal life. A simple scripture there that we all know. We probably memorized, most of us memorized it when we were a kid. But the problem is we don't understand the first line of that fully. He loves you and I so much that he sent his one and only son down to this earth to die for our sins. He sacrificed his son's life for you and I. He gave up his son so that you and I could be saved, that we could live in eternity. He allowed people to beat him beyond recognition, to spit on him, to hang him on the cross. Why? So you and I can live in eternity and spend time with him. I realize there's a few people in here that have experienced the pain of a loss, Experience the loss of a child is pretty much unbearable at times. To have something where you and your wife create a life together and you start accumulating things together and then you make this child together and you see little bits of her, me and her and little bits of my wife and and have that rip from you it's the craziest thing and it's almost unbearable at times but God did that for us he watched his son beaten and bruised he gave him up willingly because he loved and he cared and he created you he made you unique and he loved you that much why can't we worship him? Why can't we just spend time with him and give him our all this morning? Put those things that are distractions in our life and just worship him just for the fact that he's our creator and he's our savior this morning. It really comes up to this this morning. Do you believe that God is our creator? Do you believe that God sent his son to this earth to be born of a virgin? Do you believe that he lived a sinless life on this earth? Do you believe he died so that we could be forgiven and live for him? Do you believe that the stripes he bore was for your healing in this place? Do you believe there's a heaven and hell? Do you believe he's coming back for us in the rapture? Do you believe he loves you enough to forgive you of your past and what you've done in your past? I want you to know this this morning. Worship is not easy. It requires surrender. It it's going to cost you something, and it's going to cost it's going to cost you doing what you want to do all the time. Romans 12.1 says it's therefore It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. The scripture here says, offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to him. That means our lives do not belong to ourselves. If you think about a car lease, our life is a lot like a car lease. You lease a car for two, three years. I've never done this, but from what I've read, you lease a car for two, three years, and that is your car during those two or three years. But then at the end of that time, you have to give that car back, and you are responsible with the condition of that car when you return it. Right now, our lives are like that. God has given us our lives. We're here on this earth. We have our time here on this earth. But there's going to come a time when we have to return our lives back to him, at least back to him. And then we are going to be forced to make good on anything that's wrong in our life. This morning, are you running on empty spiritually, or is your tank full? What I want to do is I'm going to have the worship team come back here this morning, and we're going to just do some worship. I want to have everybody come up to the altar this morning to take that step. You may not feel comfortable lifting up your hands and singing out loud. If you want to bow down at a seat up here on the front row or something and just worship and uh, spend time in prayer, that's fine. But I want us to take a step this morning as a church and just basically repent and say, Lord, I need you. I need you to take control of my life. No matter where you're at in your walk with Christ this morning, we all need to do this and give him more time in our life. So we're going to do a couple songs of worship here. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ in your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to come down here to the altar. Just tell the Lord, I'm sorry. I ask for forgiveness of my sins and I want you to be part of my life. And then please let Pastor Joe know let uh, Pastor Mike, myself, Pastor Juanita know um, any of them so we know uh, this morning. But let's, let's come up here and worship the Lord together.